Welcome everyone. You're listening to Save Me an Isle Seed, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. And also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Hello. I believe this is episode four. I believe so. I think it's four. Yeah. Um, and for this one, we have a very special treat because Matt is actually going to be giving us the musical breakdown in a show that none of us have researched. So it'll be an exciting time for everybody. So I'm just going to go ahead and pass the reins on over to him. Alrighty. So the uh, musical that I've selected for this week is going to be Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Uh, Now, this is going to be a little bit different from the previous ones that we've talked about, where they are, you know, kind of musical classics or very well known. You might even know some of the songs to the previous ones. Uh, this one, you most likely will not know anything. <laughs> um, it, it's very weird, but um, it is entertaining in a strange way. But we'll just, uh, yeah, jump right into it. So some general uh, information starting off. So Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark is a rock-based musical um, based on the Marvel character Spider-Man. Pretty oh. obvious. Um, here's where it starts to get weird. Uh, the music and lyrics were written by Bono and The Edge, two members of the band U2. Oh, boy. Um, and let me tell you, it's very, very Bono-esque <laughs> on these songs. Um, the story is done by uh, Julie Taymor, Glenn Berger, and then eventually Roberto Sacasa, um, who is a longtime writer for the Spider-Man comics. So I'll get into that a little bit later. Um, The story contains elements of the 2002 Spider-Man film, which follows his origin story, his romance with Mary Jane, and his fights with the Green Goblin. So this is based off the uh, Tobey Maguire kind of storyline. So some things will be very familiar. Um, Things that will be unfamiliar, the other element that is tied into the story is the Greek myth of Arachne. So kind of the (laughs) quick summary of that, she was a talented weaver and challenged the Greek god Athena to a contest and got turned into a spider. (laughs) That's the quick run of it. Um, But one thing that is kind of unique about the show, it has a lot of technical stunts. So such as aerial combat scenes and actors swinging from webs and even to the point where they are like flying well above the audience and like landing in like the the rows and stuff so it's a very oh. like oh my gosh show Holy cow. Um, so it's like Cirque du Soleil yeah. in a weird way yeah um, um, so I imagine for like that ambition it was like oh man this is gonna be really cool like nobody's gonna see like this but um before we actually get into the story we have to talk about it it's troubled preview season so this is before it actually has its like full on opening show. It's they still do productions. It's like I guess kind of iron out things or you know, but still have time to adjust things. So um, this the show was uh, notorious for its many troubles. So um, across this preview season, six people were injured while working on this production. Oh, wow. uh, two of the stunt doubles were injured during flying sequences and rehearsals a spider-man stump double broke both of his wrist before oh my God. performing a move and another actor broke both of his feet on the same oh. move a month oh. earlier oh. Ouch. um the show oh. received safety violations from the new york state department of labor and received a fine of twelve thousand six hundred dollars 
for three other serious <laughs> safety violations uh, from the Oper- uh, Occupational Safety and Health Administration. Oh, shit. So, um, yeah, that is wow. really bad. Oh, <laughs> God. Um, <laughs> so, a lot of early negative reviews um, caused the show to have a uh, suspension for a month while they try to review some things. So, that is mm-hmm. when they brought on Roberto to revise the story and, uh, you know, make it a little bit better. So, if you do any like searching on this, there is actually two kind of versions that we're that you're able to look at for this uh, musical. Um, I believe for the full story, for the actual uh, release of it, we're going off of version two, so that is the Roberto um, edit. So yeah, that's just what we're going with. And that um, one, so when the show hmm? that one also will be up on our Spotify. You can find it there. <laughs> Issue yeah. with the Spotify: the songs are in like the complete wrong order and it doesn't also have all the song so well a lot of the songs that are kind of listed on here are just kind of like the musical telling of the story so it's not like a full-on song so i guess i kind of understand why it's not on the spotify but anyway you'll just have to you'll just have to bear with um but let me tell you it's not it's not the best listened to either way uh, it's a struggle. Yeah, I, it, Amber, you're the only one that's li- listened to it, right? No, I through, listened yeah. to it. Oh, I liked one song. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I'm not um, a enough. fan. It had of, Bono in it. I'm not a fan too much of Bono or U2, so a no. lot of these songs, I'm just like, mm, I'll I'll pass. Same, <laughs> same. Um, so when the show finally opened on June 14th, 2011, it set the record for the longest preview period for 182 performances oh. and is also the most expensive Broadway production in history with a budget of $75 million. Oh, boy. Um, production eventually closed on January 4th, 2014. So it didn't have that long of a run, but at least had some records. <laughs> wow. Um, so, like I said earlier, uh, for this rundown, I'm going to be going off of the 2011 production. The main characters being uh, Reeve Carney playing Spider-Man. Yes. Jennifer, uh, well, you have some on there, <laughs> Amber. <laughs> she just loves Reeve. You're a fan. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I have some uh, Jennifer things. Damiano as Mary Jane. Um, Teresa Victoria Carpio as Arachne. And Patrick Page as Norman Osborn slash the Green Goblin. So nice. let us get yeah. on with the show. Bring it on. Um, My body's ready. Um, yeah, oh, it uh, is a doozy. Because it, it, it's so weird because you like, we all know the Spider-Man story and then there's just this weird stuff added to it. Alrighty, so act one, our story begins at a high school in Queens where Peter Parker is giving a book report about Arachne. So the song is The Myth of Arachne. It's essentially just the Greek retelling of the Greek story um, where, yeah, she was a great weaver and she was, you know, getting too proud and challenged the gods. Um, so Athena answered and they had a competition. Um, Arachne ended up putting in blasphemous portraits of the gods in her weavings. And Athena was like, I ain't having none of that and destroyed them. So Arachne was so distraught by this, she ended up killing herself, and uh, Athena's like, Oh no, I feel bad for you. Here, let me turn you into a spider, where you can (laughs) weave forever. And be Um, There are many, many people. 
and <laughs> apparently she's like the first spider. Like yeah. it's, it's it's strange. Um, but as he's as Peter is going into the story, um, on the play, Arachne kind of just yeah descends from the rafters. <laughs> um, yeah, kind of uh, going over her story. Yeah, she starts off as like this beautiful woman, and then eventually, over the course of the song, is like turned into a spider, which she just kind of looks like that for the rest of the show, and it's really, really weird. She's floating through the air with these super long arms and is just really, really weird. (laughs) So after that, there is a little bit of kind of classroom banter amongst uh, Peter and his classmates, and then after that, it all gets wrapped up. Flash Thompson, which was kind of Peter's ex-best friend, and his little gang show up and torment uh, Peter for just being a nerd. So bullying by numbers begins to play, and it's essentially, yeah, just like Rocky, you know, oh man, punk scene stuff, and they're just like, just making fun of Peter in the kind of like usual fashion. So again, nothing too major to write home about on that song. (laughs) So he gets kind of picked on and beat up, and then it cuts to um, after school, where he's on his way home, and he runs into his crush, Mary Jane, um, and they talk about the events at school. She's, she's like, oh my god, I, I heard you got picked on, and but I didn't do anything to stop it. Uh. <laughs> kind of typical, yeah. whatever. Um, they go into a song together uh, called No More, where they you kind of learn that they're both leading pretty unhappy lives. Peter, obviously, with his, like, bullying stuff, and Mary Jane has an abusive father. Mm. So they're, like, singing together, but they're in, like, separate scenes kind of stuff. As musicals do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're, like, divided, but right next to each other. You know, usual. Different usual lighting. Yeah. So, yeah, we get a little bit of backstory into our main love interests. Um, a few days later, the class goes on a field trip to a genetics lab run by Norman Osborne and his wife, Emily. And the Osborne family goes over what they hope to accomplish uh, in a song called DIY World, where it's just like hyping up like, oh, man, do you want like extra powers to just make the world better? Like, we can do that. It's alluding to a lot of the events that will happen later where he's mentioning, like, do you want like electricity like to course through your veins kind of stuff? And again, it's just kind of like an okay song. It's real funky. Yeah, yeah. It's weird to listen to. (laughs) A lot of these songs have rock or funk or somewhere in between kind of like mixed in. But yeah, essentially he's just talking about like, I want to make the world better and make people better and, you know, advance us further. But the lab goes eventually into a lockdown as a dangerous spider has escaped. I'm sure we have no idea where um, this is going. No, nope. (laughs) The spider eventually lands on Peter's shoulder and bites him. And uh, gets a little bit of a uh, trippy scene. And I think a, a song called Venom plays for like a, a minute or two. It's nothing super long. And it's just like, he's like, you know, kind of similar to the movies where he gets bit and it's like attacking his like system and changes them and stuff. So yeah, after those events, Peter soon begins to discover his powers, include super uh, strength, 2020 vision, and being able to shoot webs from his wrists. So yeah, they are going heavy into the. 2002 movie because that's oh, yeah. the only series where he actually shoots it out of his <laughs> wrist every other thing is yeah is he's just smart and makes it so what's the first thing he does he beats up flash with these brand new powers i mean i would probably too 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's not just like a school fight or whatever. It's just like they're like attacking Peter with bats and stuff. Oh. Like these people are are bad, but the song Bouncing Off the Walls kind of plays throughout this. And at the beginning of it's actually really weird because he's in his room and they got it set up as like a box which is one face kind of cut off and like since it's a bunch of aerial moves he's like spinning upside down and like going back and forth between the walls and they like kind of open up to get like these weird angle shots and it's it's the the bits that i saw were like really good like technical performances but i he must want to hurl after these shoots because it's yikes it's a lot of spinning so uh, after he beats up Flash, um, he does. Peter actually does see MJ or Mary Jane. I'm gonna go with MJ for the rest of this because yeah, that's just normally how she's referenced. Yeah, most people know who I'm talking about. Um, she Michael gets a ride home Jackson. from Flash, and Peter <laughs> gets jealous and he wants to try and impress her. He wants to go and like get a car to you know put the wows on MJ. So what does he do? He enters a wrestling tournament. And he defeats the champion uh, at this tournament, uh, Bonesaw McGraw, for $1,000. I would highly recommend watching this little bit because it's hilarious. Essentially, what they did on the show is they had Peter in, like, kind of similar to the movies where it was, like, a mock kind of suit to Spider-Man. Or it's, like, the the red hoodie yeah, and, like, blue ski mask or whatever. And <laughs> they just had a giant blow-up, like, wrestler <laughs> that was like two times his size oh just in the ring with him with a like person in a black suit just like holding it and like moving it around what? oh no <laughs> and so like <laughs> like so peter would like you know be able to pick it up and like throw it around to, like show like the strength or whatever oh but it's God. just a blow-up dummy <laughs> and it just it looks real bad <laughs> You're telling me that of their, what was it, like 75,000 million? 75 million. Yeah, they couldn't afford a better option. Oh, yeah, it's it's real goofy, all right? Oh, my God. So when he uh, returns home after this tournament, he finds out that his Uncle Ben has been uh, shot by a carjacker. Uh, So kind of similar beats to the movie and um except when peter is kind of having this emotional moment with aunt may and they're you know going over uh uncle ben's death arachne is just descending and watching (laughs) over him and she encourages him to use his gift to protect the innocent and the song rise above it's it's just the like the main song of the show yeah from Um, my very little looking into it yeah, you know, it's supposed to be this, you know, big and encouraging piece. And Peter vows to avenge Uncle Ben's death and notes uh, the iconic with great power comes great responsibility. But it's all out of whack because, you know, like Ben didn't tell him that. Yeah. I don't know. My my uh, Spider-Man fan is not happy with this. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> <laughs> All right, you ready for some weird stuff? Oh, now it's going to so, weird? Oh? Uh, here, just wait. Oh, no. So Peter begins to make his iconic Spider-Man costume, but it's with the colors that Arachne describes to him, and she describes it as red for every innocent heart that bleeds and blue for the sorrow of endangered citizens. Uh-huh. Oh. What? 
What? Yeah. So then, da 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 da. Spider Man is here. He's in his outfit. He is swinging it through the city on his web, fighting crime, saving people as Spider Man. And New York debut begins to play. So it's uh, <laughs> yeah, Spider Man's introduction. And the the bits I see, like the actual acrobatics and like moving around, does look very very good. They do make use of a lot of the space that is in the theater, at least the weird angled shots that I saw. But it was actually pretty cool. So after that, Peter gets hired by J. Jonah Jameson to be a freelance photojournalist at the Daily Bugle and uh, kind of paired in, or similar on the other side of the, the world. The scene uh, Norman Osborn thinks Spider Man stole his research as he's uh, kind of watching him go around and do these feats of superhuman strength. And there is a uh, military group called Viper Worldwide that is pressuring him to, to speed up his genetic projects. Um, the song Pull the Trigger begins to play. And yeah, it's essentially just like going over. You're, you're doing this for the good of the human race. Like you need to, you know, pick up the pace or you're just going to let this secret go by. Like clearly somebody else has it. You need to get it together and, you know, figure this out. So he's getting all this. Yeah, immense pressure. And right after that, Peter and MJ have their first kind of romantic moment. So they're oh. together. And the song Picture This, which is like the most Bono sounding song to <laughs> me in this entire one. It's super corny. And on the show, he's like, you know, they're sitting together on a bench and he just holds up his camera and he's like taking a picture of this. And he's like going into the song. It's so bad. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like Bono or U2 in every song that's unfortunately that Peter has to sing just sounds like Bono's there. Oh, it's boy. it's bad. But um, Bono's whispering into his ears the lyrics. Uh, and then the the show kind of has kind of two levels to it. So on the upper level is where Peter and MJ are having this romantic moment and they're starting to like develop feelings for each other. And then down below Norman is kind of struggling with this all this pressure and he's going over it with his wife and then he decides to make the plunge and begin uh, experimenting on himself and uh, thus turns him into the Green Goblin. Dun, dun, dun. And uh, yeah, that is the end of Act One. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, it's the it's <laughs> uh, thoughts. Anybody? Holy shit. <laughs> That's I mean, a lot. Like, like, sound like a musical note. Like the, you said that all the songs sound like they're sung by Bono, and they do. Like I listened to the soundtrack, and all like three of the songs sounded the exact same. And yes, musicals use a lot of the same riffs, but this is so different. Like it, I couldn't tell it was different songs, and I could barely keep track because it was just, it was. Oh god, it was It rough. just sounds the same. There's like two or three songs that are like very unique. Uh, Everything else is the same. It's mostly the Norman Osborn songs. Those always sound a, a lot different. So we'll get, we'll get like to one later that is very strong of another artist, I feel. But we'll, we'll go into that. Uh, so yeah, so the beginning of the show is very right off the bat weird. They also familiar. And, but yeah, like familiar, but they also had no reason or need to put Arachne into there. Like that was totally <laughs> unnecessary. I I just don't get it. Maybe Bono really likes Greek mythology. 
anyone to honor that. <laughs> it's still, uh, wow, that was a lot. Yeah, and it's not even like, oh, it's like some like other Marvel character that like has you know passed down the powers or whatever. No, it's just the actual myth person, right? Is just here and like talking to Peter. And she's like, yeah, I haven't interfered in centuries, just you know, ever. But this one boy who's bit by a spider, I drive with him. That yeah, so like nice. a weird vampire thing yeah at this point it's that's yeah. strange that's bad but you know what? we're gonna we're gonna get through this together we right. are. <laughs> oh okay anyone else have any thoughts on act one wow okay <laughs> so <laughs> love that response so yeah uh, we have uh this week's theater fact kylie so the word tragedy comes from the greek words tragos and ode which roughly translates as goat song. <laughs> so I, I picked this one out personally, and it just spoke to me. Goat song. The goat song. Yes. That's great. Uh, <laughs> tragedy. Goat song. <laughs> Can you sing us a goat song, Matt? Don't. Uh, listen, I'm about to get into act two, and... Uh, oh, no. It's, it's... Never listen to a goat sing. You would understand why it's a tragedy. It is yeah. tragedy. They are they are pretty pretty forlorn. <laughs> Alright, take us um into act two, I guess. Alrighty. So act two begins with an interesting little number. Uh the Green Goblin has come up with a plan to genetically alter other humans, as he did himself, and begins the song A Freak Like Me Needs Company. And this <laughs> song is the most Lady Gaga performance. <laughs> I have seen <laughs> in a long time. So you saw what the Green Goblin looked like. And it just kind of has a beat where, like, you know how every now and then Lady Gaga will just kind of have, like, deep beats and her, like, vocals get really low? kind of He kind of does this with this. And he's introducing these experiments that he's done. And he's uh, created the Sinister So that is going to be, um, he's created Carnage, Electro. Craven the Hunter, the Lizard, Swarm, and Swiss Miss. The hot cocoa? And the best hot cocoa. <laughs> and again, you saw how weird the Green Goblin looked. Just imagine that all transitioned into these characters for a broad Except for I'm the just lizard. thinking of a... So, <laughs> the Lizard gets introduced. And he just kind of has like a lab coat on and he looks like a kind of like a big bloated dude. <laughs> and they just like open up the lab coat and this big inflatable dinosaur head just pops out. Oh my god, are you serious? <laughs> it's uh, just uh, kind of flailing around. Oh and my it's just god. like all of these people love it. Like it's 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 bad. So a little bit of time has passed. Peter and MJ have a song together. Right after that, uh, called If the World Should End, where they're talking about how their love for each other has grown and, you know, they want to be together and all this, you know, relationship stuff. Um, stuff. Again, very Bono-y. <laughs> just imagine, like, all these could just be on the next U2 album, and I wouldn't be surprised. Like, Maybe they are. And give it to us for free. Like yeah. that one album. Force us. So the Sinister Sticks begin to rampage through New York, 
and a song uh, Sinisterio. So it's them just just causing havoc and being evil. And then Spider-Man swings by and shoots one thing a web at him and then they're defeated. Wow. (laughs) But the the citizens are cheering on Spider-Man. So he's, you know, having these heroic heroic moments. But throughout all these uh, terrors, the Green Goblin manages to escape. And what does he do? He heads to the Daily Bugle (laughs) and tells James... To print his plans of domination to the world. Oh. Because, sure, why not? That's how I want my plans to succeed. Let everybody know what's happening. He also does uh, inform Jameson that he was what gave Spider-Man his powers. And Jameson, being a weirdo, is like, Ah, yeah, Spider-Man's part of the evil band of people, and he's with the Green Goblin. I'm gonna tear him down. As yeah, so. So yeah, the bugle begins to make Spider-Man's image worse. And with this, uh, Peter is kind of getting a little distraught. He's not enjoying this negative attention from the media, and he's you know just trying to help people. So his his guardian, Arachne, comes to him in a vision. Oh, oh God! And explains no. that he's always been watching over him, and reminds him that being a hero is his destiny. Oh, and the song gosh. "Turn Off the Dark," and it's essentially. What that means is just, like, getting all the negative out, which is turning off the dark, which makes no effing sense. Turn no. off the dark, Matt, okay? <laughs> listen. Put on the light switch. This, this entire song, which is, is sung very nicely, but it, you also have to imagine it's a spider woman just floating mm-hmm. in the air above Peter in a bed, and then, like, abducts him in this song, too. Oh. God. Just, like, picks them up, and then they're just, like, floating around together, and Peter looks confused, and... <laughs> I would be, too. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, with all this stress and stuff building up on Peter, and he's still going around and, you know, trying to save the day, he's missing out on a lot of life stuff, so he misses MJ's opening night of a play that she's in, and this causes him to consider taking some time off of fighting crime. MJ comes to him and is upset about his constant excuses and is uh, not one to lose him as a friend. So they suggest a, or she suggests a break in the song, I Just Can't Walk Away, Say It Now. The reminder that these are high school children, aren't they? Um, So in in Act 1, they're high school children, and then Act 2, I believe there's a little bit of a time skip, so they are just kind of fresh out of high school. They're like fresh college kids now. Yeah, because Peter's got a job, and I know he has an apartment, and I think MJ's trying to do, like, an actress thing. So it's kind of like a mix of the, like, the first movie and the second movie. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely, yeah, been some time, because the Green Goblin had to build up his army of freaks and Lady Gaga background (laughs) dancers. So yeah, it's definitely, yeah, like, early 20s kind of stuff. Okay. So, yeah, I think in, in their song... When they were singing about their like love for each other, yeah, they've been together for a while now. That makes sense. So uh, Peter's kind of hurt by the suggestion that they should break up, and uh, comes to the rational conclusion of just giving Spider-Man's costume to Jameson and telling him Spider-Man's quit, and so has he. Like, is that? What? <laughs> I'm definitely um, not Spider-Man, but we both quit at the same time. <laughs> and yeah, Jameson even goes like, "What? Spider-Man gave this to you? Ah, <laughs> uh, who who cares? You're nobody." And what a dummy! It just like blows it off completely. Like doesn't even care. Oh my god! 
Yeah, right after he does this, um, he goes to a nightclub with MJ and pretty much is like dancing, have a good time, and then just like spontaneously tries to propose to her. And uh, right before we get an answer, the power cuts off and the broadcast channel, well, TVs are, are being uh, overrun with the Green Goblin's message where he is. Uh, Classic villain move. Yeah, threatening Spider-Man and all of his loved ones like, ah, you can quit, but I'm still going to mess up the city and I'm going to be waiting for you. <laughs> I'm not a quitter. Yeah. Unlike so, you. So, yeah, after that message, uh, Peter takes MJ back to his apartment and uh, tries to end the relationship just to keep her safe. You know, doing the heroic guy thing. I want to marry um, you. Let's break up. Yeah. And then... Peter goes and takes a walk and, you know, kind of having this internal struggle. And he has a song, The Boy Falls from the Sky, where he's realizing he needs to be a hero, not just for MJ, but for the whole world. And it is actually his destiny, like the spider ghost said. For my density. Yeah, so he sneaks back into the Daily Bugle and gets his uh, costume back. And then he goes to chase after the Green Goblin. Uh, the Green Goblin is currently at the top of the Chrysler building and is playing a piano and is just oh. boasting about his plan. Of course. Song, yeah. I'll take Manhattan, which oh is actually God. a very entertaining song. I don't believe it's on the Spotify, but it's essentially just, yeah, it's just a piano and him just being like, like goofy evil on top of this building and just being like, ah, yes, I'm evil. And I love it. Yes. That is the most... I'm a rich evil villain I've ever heard. Like <laughs> Right. <laughs> so Spider-Man shows up to go beat him up and then is almost like immediately unmasked. And Protect your Norman's, identity. Norman's like, ah yes, I now know your identity, Spider-Man. And then Peter is trying to reach out to the good that is still, you know, kind of lurking in Norman. Uh, but to no avail, they end up uh fighting. And just kind of like out of nowhere, the Green Goblin's like, wait, we could work together, Spider-Man. <laughs> kind of similar to the movies. <laughs> like, you know, like, oh, yeah. man, we can, you know, we're both genetic super beings. Like, we could do this. And Still. of course, Spider-Man's like, no, not having any of it. So the Green Goblin reveals that uh, he has a, a backup contingency plan. So he's like... Haven't you noticed this rope over here? Oh God. <laughs> and guess what's on the other end of it? <laughs> and then it cuts. So, like, the way they did it on stage, there's uh, this kind of lower shot where Spider-Man and Green Goblin were fighting, but then, like, kind of in the upper left, so I guess stage left, whatever, uh, is where Mary Jane was kind of, like, hanging from a high-rise thing. So they kind of had to, like, do this, like, weird angle thing. But, yeah, the lights oh. cut onto her. Even though... The Green Goblin just found out who he was. He, he somehow knew. magically has MJ <laughs> dangling from a rope. So then they get to this big flying battle over the audience. Spider-Man ends up webbing the Green Goblin to the piano that he was playing earlier. And the Green Goblin not really like noticing throughout the, the fight. There's like an audience that begins to build. And so being a, a villain, he's like, Ah, these worms are getting annoying, and throws the piano at them. I hate this piano. But he doesn't realize he's attached to the piano, oh, so he ends up just getting pulled, yeah, down to his death. What? Via 
piano. <laughs> so yeah, with MJ being saved, she tells Spider-Man not to leave and reveals that she already know who he is. So Peter removes his mask and they embrace in a loving moment. So the uh, two wasn't he already unmasked though? Yeah, he he got the mask back throughout the fight. <laughs> he just like put it back on so we can keep fighting. Of course. Yeah, like he ripped it out of the <laughs> goblin's hand. I, and I think shoved it back on his head. No, I think I think the Green Goblin did like a taunting thing when Spider-Man went to go like jump to save MJ. He's like, "Oh, don't forget your mask, hero!" Like, <laughs> like "Oh man, thanks, Green Goblin. You're the best." Puts it back on. Yeah, so you're the bestest. <laughs> after they have their their tender moment, uh, sirens begin to wail um, of like police showing up. So Spider Man uh, must swing away, and uh, that is the end of this train wreck. Oh my god, <laughs> what a train wreck! So yeah, that was Spider Man. Turn off the dark. Oh wow. Yeah, I bet you thought you knew Spider Man, huh? <laughs> I was wrong. I like how like Arachne didn't show up again. This like she literally had no, <laughs> she had no point in this musical. What I don't like, I understand. In some musicals, you got to move a little quick so you can kind of have some suspension of disbelief. But like, yeah, some of these things just didn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Also, I so I was looking up some more pictures while you were talking. And can I just say, like, this show kind of feels like an episode of RuPaul's Drag Race. I'm just oh my god. Like, see, I'm not kidding when I was talking about the Lady Gaga thing. Her like, face these... off. Yeah, it's it's so weird. Not a good quality face off. No. <laughs> no. It's so strange. Yeah, oh. definitely, definitely a lot of the songs that Norman did were the ones that were, like, okay for me. But even then, they still weren't great. I gotta say, the only thing... I got excited about it earlier, obviously. But the only thing that really saved me when listening to this was that I love the cast. Okay? Because Reeve <laughs> Carney <laughs> currently, um, or at least was in the more recent Broadway cast for Town, which I love. Um, and he also performed with Patrick Page, who played Hades in Town. So they actually work together again which is very nice and then jennifer damiano plays in next to normal which i also love and so like knowing that the three of them were in it made me very happy to listen to this and then i listened to it and i was like hmm oh should you have done this um, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't, don't know. why don't i trust your judgment anymore yeah it oh definitely wasn't the cast like they definitely tried to make the most of it yeah man reeve really knows how to sound like bono it, I think it there's was... some covers of the songs where the two of them like perform them together. Oh, there's music videos. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, Ooh. yeah. Like it's, it's intense. Yeah, it's. Whew, wow, that's. So, something. I gotta say, it was it was entertaining just because it was so weird and it was just it, it eventually just got to a point it's like how can they mess up this already pretty fleshed out story? Yeah, even more like um, this. Like, yeah, so bad. It surprised me every time. Also, um, my beginning part about all the trouble that was the abbreviated version. There are a lot more. Uh, so if you want to take a little extra dive on the wiki, um, it is pretty good. There was a lot going on. I don't know if I need any more information. <laughs> <laughs> it was yep. such a mess. <laughs> 
Yeah. I say like, as far as musical theater goes, I love that there's actually a show that utilizes the the airspace like this, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm sure there's others, but I'm not as familiar with them. So I love that they used the wires and the, the action and stuff, but clearly it didn't go well. And it's it's not like, uh-huh. like slow motion, like flying to like you see in some stuff. Like they were fast. Like Ooh. they they were whipping around that room. So it looked really cool. It's so dangerous though. Oh no, they <laughs> fall from the ceiling. Yes. Just going back uh, on someone. Two broken wrists and then two broken feet. Like, oh my god. Yeah, I think the the main uh, actress for Rackney ended up getting a concussion like really oh. early on into the run and had to like step out. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's it's like probably the lucky one. There's like right. pieces of equipment falling on people and like you know giving them some leg damage stuff. Like it. It was insane. Wow. But from a technical aspect, it looked really good. Like the set moves and yeah, the the flying. Those were A plus. Everything else, not great. Anyone have any uh, final comments about that (laughs) mess? Wow. Yeah, just a lot of wows. Uh, Oh, man. So yes, this was our our first time doing an episode where Matt did... uh, (laughs) <laughs> an kind of off the beaten path musical which we will be continuing every so often um, I think this one went really well I certainly enjoyed it <laughs> I, I had a lot of fun going over it and have no fear they will not always be stinkers I hope maybe they're just going to be ones you probably are going to not know or just be confused as to why is this a musical yes oh, exactly. is it a musical so, yeah, I look forward to hearing more of those. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, so that was it for this episode for Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. Go listen and watch if you dare. And <laughs> or if you really like Bono. Or if you really love Bono. I mean, Dude, if you are a big U2 fan, this is your jam. This is your jam, yeah. If you're a Spider-Man nerd and a Bono fan, oh my gosh, I bet this is great for you. <laughs> Until you heard us trash it. Until... We trashed it, which we are not sorry. I, I don't think any of this is canon, so I think we're no, safe. No, it's definitely not canon. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so thanks for, for listening to this episode. Next week, I believe we are covering Wicked. Yeah. Next on our docket. We're really excited about that one to share with you about that. So, of course, thanks for listening to Save Me an Aisle Seat. We hope you all enjoyed it. If you have any helpful tips or comments especially about the show, because we are really curious if anyone else has seen this, um, please feel free to reach out to us at savemeanisleseat at gmail.com or tweet us at saveanisleseat on Twitter. All right, thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Woo! Woo! Thank you for listening to this episode of Save Me an Aisle Seat. You can find more episodes and shows similar to this at www.ragtagnetwork.com. Follow us on Twitter at Save an Aisle Seat.
We make this show just for the fun of it, but if you would like to support what we do, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash save me an aisle seat. This episode was brought to you by the Ragtag Network.